on ESPN Central Texas. Oh, it is Matt Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show. And uh, Zach Smith joining us now from the Waco Trib. And, uh, Zach, good to see you the other day. Always good to share. Um, oh, we had some torchies tacos out there. We met the new Baylor offensive coordinator. And um, this is going to be an interesting, uh, Zach, I would say a very interesting first year on the beat for you. You saw a team that two years removed uh, from uh, having its maybe its best season ever go in the tank, one in seven at home. I bet you thought you were going to be covering a coaching change. That did not happen. Um, and by the way, welcome back to the show, sir. Yeah, happy to happy to be here. Yeah, you're you're right. It has been uh, it's been quite the year one, as my I know my predecessor John Werner uh, has said a few times. You know, he's like, man, I, I feel bad. I thought that they were going to be better this year, but listen, <laughs> I you know, being a beat writer is. There are worse things to do, right? Like you said, Torchies Tacos. At least I get free Torchies. Yeah. Now, what was your first impressions of Jake Spavital? I mean, I, I like the Air Raid, always have. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Uh, in some sense, it takes Baylor back to what they remember and how exciting those days were. They look at that. I think people are kind of conflicted on how to look at that era. But I think it's safe to say, I mean, everybody was um, from uh, putting up huge points and being great at football. That was a lot of fun. Um, this is going to be interesting to see where Spavital kind of falls in this whole air raid. Dana Holgerson is kind of his guy. They come from the leech tree. But what were your initial thoughts? I thought that was interesting, him saying he, they didn't need to go do much in the portal. And as I tweeted, I wondered if he was just sandbagging a little bit because I, I think when you see a really bad season, everybody's like, well, come on, you got to go get a bunch, you know, several new players. But he did not seem to indicate that. Uh, I do think they're going to have to go find a quarterback. What were your initial impressions of uh, Jake Spavital? Yeah, I think that uh, Jake Spavital is kind of the exact – kind of person that that Baylor football needs at the moment um you know he he, I mean he has a lot of energy he obviously has that head coaching experience that I know was kind of on the you know on they were looking for in in an offensive coordinator and I think that he's going to bring that energy up tempo like you were saying that air raid offense that you know can really take Baylor hopefully take them to the next level you know and I think that what he says he doesn't really need to go into the portal. You know, I, I, I think that we should take that with a grain of salt because, you know, like you mentioned, they're, they're, very look, they're looking for a quarterback. I think that's pretty obvious. It seems like there's a few quarterbacks that are floating out there. The guy from North Texas, I think I saw one from Central Michigan, from Boise State that at least have made contact. And, um, you know, but at the same time, I also think we have to uh, kind of – listen to him and kind of trust him a little bit because in my opinion Sawyer Robertson is a pretty good quarterback for I think what he wants to do he wants to throw it long and air it out and I think Sawyer Robertson can do that so you know I I think there's a little bit of playing both sides when he says something like that but 
You know, mm-hmm. like I said, I think he's a, he's the perfect perfect guy for what Baylor needs at this moment in time. So, you know, I love the hire. I think it's going to work out great. Yeah, I. But you know, can you imagine though leaving Cal when you've kind of gotten things going in the right direction? <clears throat> you've, in a sense, helped turn that thing around, and you go to a place where you're joining a coach on one of the biggest hot seats, definitely in the Big 12, one of the biggest hot seats in the country. So they either had to make the money extremely attractive or he was just dying to get back to Texas because this was not uh, a move you make. Like, there are way more secure jobs. And I know they thought they had several people that were interested in this, but this is not, I mean, this is not an easy job to come take right now, given the parameters and given uh, all the, uh, all that's, all that's transpired over the last uh, several months. You know, I I agree. I, I agree. But I mean, I would argue that Cal is probably just as difficult. I mean, they're going to the ACC right next year, which is really weird, but, um, you know, you know, but like you come to Baylor and you kind of have free reign to do pretty much whatever you want. Because if Dave Aranda is focusing on the defensive side of the football, you know, maybe he wanted that freedom and to really put his fingerprints over an offensive system. And you know, if he if he succeeds here, even uh, you know, baby steps, you know, I, I, his name's definitely in the next you know uh, coaching carousel for to become a head coach at you know, name a school, right? So uh, he was already a head coach once. And, you know, I, I think that coming to Baylor sets him up well for the future, right? It mm-hmm. might be questionable in the moment, but I think if you look in the big picture for Jake Spavital, I think this is probably a good move for him in the long run. Isn't it interesting, all the players that are staying, and he, he talked about the not that much attrition, and they're all putting the same hashtag. Well, it really does feel like an orchestrated thing that you're seeing with the NIL. I, I feel like Baylor, is Zach, is a lot more focused in that area. And, and while it seems kind of interesting to see everybody tweeting the same thing, that's better than everybody transferring out, you know. I mean, now the, again, the people that were coming back were part of a really bad team. So I think it's it's like it's almost like good news, bad news, except for the young players are what Dave Aranda had to deliver, right? The freshmen, the sophomores. You can't you can't say, well, if you keep me, I can keep this class together. I can keep all these freshmen. You can't use that and then have Caden Jenkins and all these guys go. So I would say so far so good for Dave Aranda because yes, you lost your starting quarterback. And I'm I'm a big Dabney guy, but for the most part, you've kept everything together on defense. I would say that that has to rank as a very positive thing so far. Yeah, no doubt. I, I'm frankly surprised at the amount of uh, recommitments to Baylor because, like you said, I mean, it felt like the sky was falling after this year, and it felt like everybody was just there was just going to be a major exodus, but there hasn't been. And uh, I, I credit Baylor and you know, NIL, the, the initiative there to, to really recommit to that. But I, I, you know, I think that players like Caden Jenkins, like you mentioned, Richard Reese is coming back, Keetron Jackson, you're right that it was a bad team last year and there was 
plenty of downfalls and pitfalls. But as long as you can keep some of those cornerstones and, and build around players like Jenkins and Jackson and, and Richard Reese, and even if you want to throw Sawyer Robertson in there, I think the, the bones are there for a, a really good team. It's just kind of filling in the cracks with players that help elevate them to that next level. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I think, I think Spavadol is a guy to do it. And I think Dave can do it. I think all the pieces are there. It's just about, you know, not to sound like Coach Aranda, but it's just about executing and making that those, those good practices translate to Saturdays. Now, if you want to sound like him, you could uh, you could say after I ask you a question, just say say you appreciate the question. <laughs> although he's not doing that, I had him on the other day, yeah, and the, yeah, I know it was uh, interesting. I felt like maybe he didn't appreciate our questions, but uh, yeah. no, I think I think that feels like a conscious choice to stop doing that. And as I tweeted about, I don't know exactly what to make of it, except for just has kind of decided, hey, maybe we'll go a different direction here. I I think he's going to be out there a little bit more. I think Dave does a good job talking. I don't think he loves doing it. I, I think they're going to get him out there. You know, I think, you know, they could have just put Spavitol out there and he would have done fine having Dave there, kind of having to introduce him. It's going to be interesting to see how they divide up this coaching staff. I mean, O-line's a huge thing, running backs. Sean Bell going to tight ends because Spavitol is going to take over the quarterbacks. I mean, all of it's interesting. I mean, would you want to be the tight ends coach for a guy that used to not have any tight ends? They literally <laughs> used to run an offense with zero tight ends. Now, they've, they've evolved, and they like running the football, and I do think they like throwing to – I've seen some tight ends from Tech over the years out of that air raid go to the NFL. But it's, it's going to be interesting – how they put this staff together. But Dave, he's not different. It's just, I, I just think, boy, it's going to be, it'll be fascinating to watch because he has to turn it. He can't have another, I mean, you almost have to go to a bowl. You either have right. to show great momentum or, like, I can have some close losses and be competitive the whole season, or you have to win six games. And that sounds crazy to say, you know, like, right after the season to say, but I don't think anybody in the, the country is on a bigger hot seat than Dave. So hopefully having Spavitol will take even more off his plate as he tries to call plays. But it's, uh, I mean, he's been given a gift. Like most coaches and most ADs would have fired him after this last season. I mean, I can't think, uh, you can't do what he did at Michigan State, you know, where you came from. You can't, you can't do it. You can't get away with it almost anywhere. Like even the Big 12, like where else could, where else could you do what Baylor just did? And you might be able to get away with it at Cincinnati because it's their first year in the conference. And maybe, I don't know, they might stick with you if you had one bad year at BYU. That's about it. Uh, yeah, you, you're exactly right. I mean, Houston got rid of Dana and they finished with a better record than Baylor. So and beat, beat Baylor. Baylor. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's uh, yeah, it, it it does. You're absolutely right. It does feel like this is kind of a make or break it year, uh, make mm-hmm. or break year for Dave and 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 kind of Baylor as a whole. But you know, I I, I mean, I, I I know I'm I'm the eternal optimist at the Trib, and I know I'm talking to Bryce Cherry and everything. I'm always the one that's mm-hmm. sunshine and rainbows and stuff. And I I think that there is. You know, I think this team next year going to a bowl game is 
they should do better than that. They're, they're a better team than a bowl game, at least in my eyes. So, you know, I think it's very achievable. Yeah. Okay. I need to have you on more often. You do kind of, you have a little more optimism <laughs> and, uh, and especially from our noon to two show. I mean, I would say there would be parades thrown next year if they go six and six. Uh, it'll be, and it, it's, it's all about perspective, right? Like the year before they go yeah. six and six and because of the way the year finished, it felt awful and they finished six and seven. I think it would feel a lot different, especially if they were trending in the right direction. Now tell me about these Baylor women, Zach Smith from the Waco trip here on the Matt Mosley show. You've been, you, you're on that beat. You're following Nikki. You're talking to them. Mm-hmm. Um, she's trying to get it. She's got so many players. It's hard to get everybody minutes. Oregon has great coach, great history, and they came in and got beat by twenty the other night. And we're kind of right, we're out of that game almost immediately. Well, it was twenty-one to twelve, I think, after the first quarter. Right. What are you, what are you seeing from the team? And and like, how much do you see this as? I mean, how many – at some point she can't play 10 or 11, you know, 9 or 10. She's going to probably shorten her rotation a little bit, but it's hard to. Like, who do you take minutes away with? I think I think Felder's great. Like, I, w- I wish Felder would get more minutes. But who who's it, who is that going to come at the expense of? Jada? Um, Sarah? I don't know. I mean, what do you what do you make of the of the depth of this team? Because right now – this is looking like a team that might be able to compete for a conference title. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that they are really good. I think that, you know, uh, I, I'm an AP voter, and I have both them and Texas in the top ten, and I've had them both in the top ten consistently uh, all year. Uh, and I think that what the Oregon game showed is that they can do it just a multitude of ways. I think, you know, for, through the first six games of the year, uh, leading up to the Oregon game, they had six different leading scores, uh, and then the Oregon game was the second, uh, the the game where they had uh, Little Page Bugs had led them in scoring for the second straight game. That was the first repeat score. But in terms of your depth question, I think again what we saw in the Oregon game is a much more, uh, you know, like a rotation that looks more like a Big Twelve or a late season rotation. And Yaya was kind of the first player off the bench along with uh, Bella Fontelroy. And so I, I think that the Oregon game was a, a win that they used their defense uh, for, and they, they were just a much better team defensively against Oregon. And that smaller rotation was able to kind of latch on to Oregon and get past their size and out-rebound their size. And, you know, it, it was just a complete win. And, it, and again, like I said, it showed that they could do it in a multitude of ways and, you know, I, I really like this team. I think that they are really good, and they have all the pieces and all of the makeup to make a deep run into March. Who's the uh, Who's the biggest personality? We know Sarah because she's been with us for a long time. But of these other players on the team that you you hear from after games, and maybe you've even gotten to do some feature stories or visit with some different people, who is uh? Who might surprise us? Who's like a who's who's kind of a big personality, uh, maybe uh, of some of these different uh, transfers? Uh, and most people are are fairly new to the program. I mean, I would I would say Dre Edwards is probably up there. I know she's she didn't play last year. She was in Waco, but didn't play yeah. last year. 
uh, but she's definitely a very outspoken and, and loving, and I know she's really into poetry. She did that whole thing before the season, wrote a long poem with everybody's name about how they're ready for the season. It was kind of cool, and, you know, um, and she's she's really good, too. That helps, too. She's, uh, you know, uh, from Utah to Kentucky. She played with Jada Walker at Kentucky, so when they're up there on the podium, you're talking to Dre and Jada together. Uh, it's a un- it's a unique dynamic because they've been playing a lot together longer mm-hmm. than some of the other players on the team. So uh, yeah, I would I would say Dre, and she's just a really interesting person, and uh, like I said, really good at basketball. So that helps too. All right, and uh, did you were you upset about the Florida State? Where did you fall in all of that? I know the team you'll be rooting against, and that'll be <laughs> Michigan. Uh, at uh, at number one, but Texas getting in, Florida State thirteen and zero. I mean, SMU is going in there, and they're basically they learned the lesson. You can you can win every one of your games, which I don't think they'll do. But and you right. can't, you don't get to go, you don't get to go. I mean, it's a pr- pretty amazing thing, and I know the twelve team playoff will change this, but I mean, it is interesting. In the last year ever, they finally had everything kind of blow up in their face. Were you, were you just feel bad for FSU, or did you get kind of were you or were you pretty upset and think that they really did them wrong? No, I, I mean, I, I think that the committee got it right. They did their job and they did the, they did the right thing. I think that, uh, you know, I, I feel bad for FSU. That's, I mean, yeah. what more do you want from them? They won every single game, but like, yeah. if one of their best losses is LSU, I mean, Alabama, that's their like third best win. Uh, so, you know, I, you know, it, 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 it was an impossible decision. And I think that the committee looked at it and said, all right, which games are going to be better? You know, what, what do the fans want? What do we want? What's going to be more entertaining? And that's what they went for. And I think that they got it right. So, you know, yes, it stinks for FSU and Jordan Travis's tweet afterwards was devastating, but, um, I think they got it right. Maybe they got it wrong, but they got it right for the viewers in a sense. Right, I mean, you right. could you could make all kinds of arguments. Okay, Zach. Hey, we'll uh, we'll see you soon, and uh, you need to go to Detroit, man. You need to be there for that Michigan State and the Bears, December sixteenth. That sounds like a trip, uh, a little pre-Christmas <laughs> trip. You need to get on. Waco Trib needs to send you there. Tell Bryce, tell Bryce I said that, and I uh, appreciate you coming on. No problem. Thank you so much. Zach Smith, there he goes from the Waco trip. All right, we'll do.